Well, thank you to those who have taken part in our worship this morning, those, uh, those men who have led us in our worship this morning. Uh, very grateful for you guys being here. And I, it may be a little bit different and uncomfortable for you folks at home. Let me assure you, it's a little bit different and uncomfortable for us folks uh, who are here in a big empty, in a big empty auditorium. Uh, but we're here to praise God. And as we said at the beginning, you know, there's probably been a lot of debate this week. N- not probably. I know there's been a lot of debate this week, uh, whether it be uh, in online platforms or uh, at kitchen tables about what the appropriate measures are to take, how we ought to handle these threats uh, to our nation and to our health, uh, and really just about, I guess, the appropriateness of, of us not gathering together in a public place, as, as is our habit, which is a very good habit and one that we, we ought to promote, I think, in many ways. And uh, my goal this morning is not to answer all of those all of those discussions that I know that you're having, but, but I do want us to focus in on what we are doing. And, and I hope that if we can understand what we are doing in these unique circumstances, that it will help us when we get back to more normal circumstances to have even more meaning in our gatherings together. You know, I, I, want, I want to say that the reason for the changes that, that, that are going on today and the way that we're worshiping this morning, uh, it, it's not out of fear. I want that to be understood I've heard so many people that have said that what we're doing is because of fear, not just us, but, but other congregations like us. It is not out of fear. Can I tell you as a Christian, I am not scared of the coronavirus. That doesn't mean I want to get the coronavirus. It doesn't mean I want you to get the, the, the coronavirus. It means that I don't have fear even of death itself because I have faith in Christ. That the, that the decisions that have been made that have led us to our unique circumstances, I can tell you are decisions and choices that are being made out of love. And I think that love and that concern for each other is so, so powerful. There have been some who have asked, well, is this forsaking the assembly? And while granted there are limitations to our assembly here today, can I tell you that the group of people who, 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 are, who are a part of the congregation or the group of people that, that, that usually meet at Forest Park are assembled together today. Maybe in numbers greater than what we usually are, are assembled together. That, that the elders or the shepherds of our flock are assembled together with us today. Our deacons are assembled together with us today. Many of you, I can tell you how encouraging it has been to hear of your plans uh, to, to gather together in smaller groups, reaching out to people who may not normally have access to, to online services so that we can all be together today. Not together in this physical place, but that we can be gathered together and assembled together in the throne room of our Almighty God. That is what we are doing. And I hope that you feel that. I hope that you embrace that. Some of the terminology that I've heard being bantied around uh, on religious forums and whatnot, I've heard people talk about canceling worship. Can I tell you this morning that we can't cancel worship? Worship has not been canceled. Worship will not be canceled for God's people. 
God's people will worship and praise God, whether it is on a convenient day or an inconvenient day. Whether our circumstances are normal or they are quite unusual, we are gathered together to worship. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you would, be opening them to Luke chapter 19. Because it's, it's this section of Scripture that just repeatedly kept coming into my mind as I thought about that idea of our worship and people who want to, to think of canceling worship. You see, the, the text here in, in Luke, the 19th chapter, is one that is probably familiar to most of us. Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem. We, we call it his, his uh, tri- triumphal entry, and people are shouting out, Hosanna, right? The, 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 the one who will save us. And, and the text tells us, we'll just pick up in verse 37, that as he was drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, that the whole multitude of the disciples, they began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. It is one of those things that ought to motivate us in our worship. When, when we feel that worship is boring or worship is stale or worship is, is, I don't know, some sort of an inconvenience as sometimes people will, will phrase worship, they need to go back to the motivation of worship. These were people who were reflecting upon what they had seen. And when they reflected upon what they have seen, when they reflected upon the evidence that was around them, they could not help but praise God. We, we speak of counting our blessings. You know, just to take a moment to think of every good thing in your life. Many of you can look around the room and you can see your family you, 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 can, you can look around at a home that God has provided. You, you, you could think about your health. You could think about our community or our world. And to understand that if it is good and it is in your life, it is there because God has brought it there. James 1 and verse 17, For every good and perfect gift has come down from above. Praise God for that. Praise God for those things. And then beyond just the, the, the blessings that we think of personally, Paul would contend in Romans chapter 1 that we, we, we look out at, at the world that is around us and we see the evidence that there is a God. To understand that, that, that for us to say there is no God, well, that is quite a foolish statement. And we would be completely without excuse if we were to believe a lie like that. Well, the psalmist says even the heavens declare that there is a God. We must worship that God. That's what these people were doing. They were seeing seeing the evidence for God. They were seeing the Son of God. They were seeing all of the wonderful things that He was doing, and they began to praise Him, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I'm going to praise Him this morning. I'm going to praise Him this morning because He is worthy. It is this this wonderful picture. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there on those roads going into Jerusalem where the people were just shouting out praise to our Lord and to our Savior? But in that moment, in that moment, some of the Pharisees called to Jesus from the crowd and And they said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. 
All this worship that's going on, all these people who are, who are praising you, I want, I want that to stop. And you understand that, that they had concerns of blasphemy and, and things of that nature for which they would eventually crucify Jesus. But, but I came to this verse and just thinking about people who were, who were looking at worship and saying, no, this worship needs to stop. And Jesus replied to them in verse 40, and he, said, and he said to them, I tell you that if these, I tell you that if these should keep silent, that the stones would immediately cry out. He says to us something about the nature of God and something about the nature of worship. If, even if men decide that they're not going to worship God, that won't end the worship of God. Even if men decide that they are going to be silent, even the stones will cry out. You can't stop the worship of God. A pandemic cannot stop the worship of God. A great world war cannot stop the worship of God. Tragedy in mine or your personal life cannot and must not stop the worship of God. For even, even if we should be silent, the stones would cry out. We are in the midst of, of unprecedented times, times of great uncertainty, times of great unknown, times of great reaction, as you're seeing before you. But that doesn't stop the worship of God, not for God's children, not for Christians. Do Christians stop singing praise to God simply because there is a pandemic do Christians, Christians, Christians don't stop reading and devoting themselves to God's Word simply because we, we, we don't formally gather together to have someone instruct us? Christians don't stop honoring God with our possessions just because, just because we, we don't have someone put a plate in front of us? Christians don't, don't stop remembering and being inspired by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Christians don't stop bowing their knee and casting their anxiety before Him. Those things don't stop for Christians. We can't cancel worship. We won't cancel worship. We will worship our God in these times, maybe especially when we need to be reminded that there is a great God who not only is, but that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, who not only exists in this world, but He is active in this world, and He is worthy of our worship and our praise. When everything else lets us down, when, when our government lets us down, when science lets us down, when relationships let us down, we serve a God who will never let us down. That's what we're doing here. We're here to worship Him. Whether you're gathered together in this very small group in this large auditorium, or you're gathered together in, in your living room, or you're gathered together in, uh, around, around a kitchen table, we're here to worship our God. You see, because what we understand is that worship is something that we do, not something that is done to us. Worship is not something that we show up at a building to sit, to sit in a pew or to sit in a seat and have someone worship in our presence. No, worship is something that we do. 
as we become active participants, whether you're the preacher or you're the one that's listening to the, to, to the message being preached, whether you're the song leader or you're the one following as we praise God in song, worship is something that we do. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, we read about those about those wise men who would come to, to find Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, the Bible says that they came saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come here to worship him. I have come here today to worship him. You have gathered here today to worship him. We must remove the idea from our head that we show up to say, Lord, here, here I am. Do it to me. That's not worship. Worship is when we gather together and we give. We honor. We are the ones who give the worship. Sometimes in the Old Testament, I think this was easier for us to see. When, when people would come and they would, they would take the, the, the very best of their livestock or they would take the, the, the very first fruits of their harvest and they would take those things and they would give them as an offering to God. It is that sacrifice that we read there in 2 Samuel 24, 24 that actually gives our worship meaning. Back in Genesis 22, you remember? When God told Abram to go up and to sacrifice his son Isaac, the son of promise, his only son. And there in Genesis 22 and verse 5, that Abraham said to his young men, You stay here with the donkey, and the lad and I will go yonder, and we will worship, and we will come back to you. All I want you to see is what they were saying was, I'm standing here, I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to do something. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to worship. I'm going to make a statement about the glory and the worthiness of our Heavenly Father. See, worship is something that requires our intention. I want us to be very clear that worship can happen in an auditorium or worship can happen, can, can happen under a tree. And I know, don't take that to somewhere that we ought not take that. There's a difference in one or two, and the church coming together. Another lesson for another time, perhaps. But worship is something that happens in our mind. As we sing, it is possible to sing a song and not worship. You ever checked out in the middle of a song? You ever just had the words just go, going numb through your head because you've known that song all of your life? You ever heard what Jesus said about vain repetitions? He says, that's not, that's not what I'm after. I'm after the intent. Yes, I want you to sing, but I want you to sing with purpose in your heart. It's possible to give great, amount, great amounts of money and possessions and not truly worship. It's possible to bow our head and close our eyes to pray and not really worship. Worship requires our intent. It requires the engagement of our mind. And so we come together not just to sing a few songs because we always sing a few songs. We come together to sing praise. Can I tell you that one of the things I loved on Thursday 
After we had our, our Bible study on Wednesday night, and those of you who were, who were tuned in, I asked you at the, at the conclusion of our Bible study to, to sing a song together, to sing a song of praise. And, and of course, I mean, we're grateful that Thomas was here to help lead us in our singing this morning, but, and, and some of you guys might, might have been blessed to have a great song leader in your home. Most were not. And on Thursday, on Thursday, when I, I started to talk to people, here was the number one comment. I want you to know that we sang the song. Now, I just assumed that people sang the song, but, but what, what were they trying to say? We normally wouldn't do that. We normally, we're not those people that sit in our home and just, and just sing songs. Some people are like that, but most people are not. It was very much out of people's comfort zone, but we did that not because we were putting on a concert. We did that not for the benefit of others. We did that to praise God. I, I don't think that means that we're going to have an influx of, of, of a whole bunch of new song leaders at Forest Park. I, I don't know. You guys can kind of le- let me know about that, but... I think rather, rather it, it, it is symbolic of a body of people. Whether, listen, whether our best song leader was leading or the worst song leader was leading, there was a group of people who believed that praising God is important. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 2 and verse 12, I will declare your name to my brethren in the, in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. That's why it's so important for us to sing praise to God. Even when we're uncomfortable. Even when we might not be the best singer. Because we are worshiping God. We are worshiping God. How many times I wish that people could get the point. I would say young people, but, but I think this probably applies to a lot, of, a lot of age groups of people. That when we sit there and we don't sing, sometimes that happens in a very large room filled with a great number of people. Sometimes it happens in a room where only we are. But when we sit there and we don't sing, and we can we're not worshiping God. We may be watching someone else worship, but we're not worshiping. Isn't it glorious to know that we can worship God? We can sing praise to God. When the intention of our mind is to focus on His Word, even in what we're doing right now, Paul would write to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13. He says, until I come, I want you to give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. This idea that that somehow that because the church hasn't come together that people are going to stop reading their Bibles, are going to stop growing in Christ, well, that's a bigger problem than the coronavirus, if if, if that be the case. These ought to be things that Provoke us to turn to God and to His Word and to His will. That's what Christians do. Not simply listen at the time that I'm supposed to listen to other people talk about God's Word, but I actually pursue His Word and His will throughout my life. We must give earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Can I, can I challenge you? with the fact that some of this quarantine that many of us are dealing with means that we have time. You know that time that we're always saying that we don't have any of? 
Well, many of us have time that we haven't had in a very long time. And while there is uh, currently a Netflix series that I'm spending a great deal of that time trying to get through, wouldn't it be a shame if that's all I did with that extra time? Wouldn't it be a shame if with some of that extra time, I didn't take time to actually grow closer to God? This is our opportunity. See, worship doesn't stop. Worship doesn't stop simply because, simply because we're not able to come together uh, on interperimeter road. No, these are things and these are opportunities for us to grow closer together so that when we are able to return to, to a common assembly in the flesh, that we will be stronger than ever. Jonathan made, made reference to our offering. One of the great misconceptions of our day is that what we do when we give of our means, when we give back as we have been prospered, some people think that that's not an act of worship. Listen, all the way into the very beginning, that's how people have worshipped God. You take the things that are valuable to you. Jesus says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. I can deny that, but Jesus said it, so I know that it's true. I know that it's true emotionally. That's, that's why this topic becomes so difficult for people. I thought about Paul when he, wrote, when, when, when he wrote to the church at Philippi, and he's thanking them for their offering, an offering that he sent by the way of Epaphroditus. He says, he says I have received the things from Epaphroditus, the things sent from you. Listen to the way he describes their offering. It, it's similar to the offering that, that we might send to take care of the children in Panama or to train preachers, or to support mission works all over this world. He describes that offering as a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. See, our offering is not just something that we do because someone has put a plate in front of us. Our offering is an act of worship that we bring before God. I read... In multiple different places, great concern of, of people. I, I guess you would say that their concern was that if the church wasn't able to come together in one physical location, that our contributions would suffer tremendously. One person even wrote this morning, I don't know what these numbers are based on, but fears that, that contributions would drop anywhere between 25 and 40 percent. I hope that's not true. Can I tell you, I told someone just this week, I don't think that's a worry at all for our congregation. Because if that's the case, if the idea that we're not able to come together in one place means that I don't make an offering, or, or the idea that because I'm going on vacation for two weeks, somehow I don't make an offering to God, well, then we have much more serious problems than a pandemic. We, we have people who are misunderstanding the very nature of our offering and the very nature of what it means to be a member of a local congregation. This is an act of worship, not just throwing something in the plate, but an act of worship before God. We were able this morning to partake of communion, the Lord's Supper. Can, can I tell you, it's not just crackers and grape juice. For those of you who had the privilege, as I did, to partake of some of the pre-made communion, um, 
That, that's, that's, they, they assure me that that is unleavened bread that was in that thing. Okay? But is that really what it was about? Putting a little piece of bread in your mouth and some grape juice after that? No. Matter of fact, I've eaten a lot of bread and drank a lot of grape juice in my life. It wasn't all worship. But what we did was worship because of the intent. The intent to say, I'm taking this to remember. To remember that Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross and gave His body and shed His blood. Many times when we were gathered together on a regular Sunday and we will talk about how amazing it is, how humbling it is, to consider that there are people all over the world that are gathered together on the Lord's Day doing the same thing that we are doing here. It's a marvelous point for us to, to comprehend and to be awed by. But this morning, I want us to especially consider and be awed by the fact that even though we are not together in one place, there are people all over this community, brothers and sisters in Christ, who even at the very same moment were coming together remembering the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul would say it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16. He says, For the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. We are joined together through... (laughs) We're not just joined together through crackers and grape juice. We're joined together through the body and the blood of Christ. That's worship. We come together to pray... Paul would say it like this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17. We are to be a people who pray without ceasing. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says that we are to be anxious for nothing. Oh, isn't that being put to the test? We are to be a people who are anxious for nothing. But by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. An opportunity for us to pray as a body. I would invite you to pray, even as we dismiss today, amongst yourselves. What do we need to pray about? What do we need to invoke the name of God in regards to in our life? We could extend this on farther and farther, but I want us to understand worship. Worship is not canceled. If we tried to worship, if, if we tried to cancel the worship of our God, Jesus says, even the stones would cry out. And if we're struggling to worship, well, it's probably an indication that we're, well, we're really struggling with our walk with the Lord. Can I tell you that as for me and my house, as, as for this congregation, the name of the Lord is going to be praised. Whether there is a pandemic or there is not a pandemic, whether it rains or the sun shines, 
the name of God is going to be praised. And that is the thing that will bring us peace. Peace on earth. Bow with me, please. Dear God, Lord, we know that you are such a great God. And we come before you today as brothers and sisters. We come before you as your sons, praising your name. Praising your name for all of the good things that you have brought into our life. Praising your name because your name is worthy. Lord, help us to be overwhelmed, not by the size of our problems, but help us to be overwhelmed by the size of our God so that we might have hope and that we might have peace. Lord, be with us in everything that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Just a moment. Thomas is going to come and lead us in one more song, and then Brother Joe will come and lead us in a word of prayer. We do want to continue to remember Brother Robert Blair. Uh, Robert was admitted to the hospital this last Wednesday night dealing with some pneumonia and things of that nature. Uh, they are going to try to uh, wean him off of his ventilator today, but I want to be sure to remember him. So many of our healthcare professionals all over our world, but in particular who are members of our congregation, uh, on the front lines, if you will, of some of the things that our culture is facing, let us pray for them and let us remember them. Of course, all of our services have been canceled uh, or, or have, have been canceled here at the building, but we will have our live stream uh, Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock at our traditional time, also at Wednesday night at 7. And so you can tune in the same way that you tuned in this morning to worship God, to give attention to His Word. If you have questions or concerns, if you know of those in need, uh, please, you can call the church office. You can call me personally. Let's all commit ourselves this week to checking on someone else. Fellowship uh, isn't something that ends just because we're not here in this building. Uh, let us use some of the tools that we have to reinforce the idea that we are a body, the body of Christ.